0: Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'll be your host today. Somewhat, Nick does most of the hosting, but uh, we appreciate you tuning in this morning. Uh, I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville. What's up, Nick?
1: How are we doing this morning? It was uh, it was fun staying up late to watch college football um, without you know typing the night away in the press box, but um I did not stay up to watch the end of the lightning delay in the Iowa Nevada game. I think my under was safe and it was. It was a it was a very safe bet. So um but college football, a lot of fun. Really hurting for my our, our guy John Summerall. Brutal, brutal loss in Boone. They had him on the ropes. Um but hey we're not here to talk about what happened in Boone. We're here to talk about uh the Kentucky Wildcats and that thirty one nothing victory over Youngstown State, and we're doing it all thanks to our friends at Port Royal Plants. And Freddie, I got to try out some of the Kentucky Proud product made right there in Henry County up I seventy one. And so here's the thing: I'm an old man. I play in a Sunday night old man basketball league. i back. I mean, it, it's bad. It's bad stuff. I just, I'm if all I'm trying to do is just not get hurt. And Port Royal Plants really came it comes in clutch on those Sunday nights with their all-natural CBD balm that you can rub on your back, your knees, your joints, your muscles, any sort of thing like that. Port Royal Plants has got you covered. Visit them at portroyalplants.com. Big shout-out to them for sponsoring the Depth Chart podcast. Um, And, man, I'm I'm fired up to talk a little ball this Sunday, Freddie. What did you like about the game, Freddie?
0: I like the final score, to be quite honest with you, uh, and the defense. Uh, We're also joined by – one of the arguably the best fullback, one of uh, the top three, I think, definitely, I think the best fullback in Kentucky history, Andy Murray out of Northern Kentucky. Andy, uh, what do you think about this new video element we got going with the uh, podcast? I do. I like how it makes my head look so small.
2: That's my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's different, man. I, um, I'm not a make. I'm not a makeup guy. So what you get is what you get.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kentucky guys, Kentucky. You know, 31 nothing victory. Uh, Brad White continues to just impress. I mean that defense. I mean it. <laughs> that defense a, is good. That, that defense is really good. But what the one thing I really liked is a true freshman Alex Safari led the team in tackles. Uh, I mean just zero. For ten on third down for Youngstown State, Kentucky completely dominated the football game from a defensive perspective, and we've seen we've seen 12, uh, 12 quarters of just excellent defense by Brad White, and, and the accolades just keep coming. Um, individually, Carrington Valentine, who you know uh, had some got after him a little bit last year, is leading the SEC and leading the country in passes defended. That's a a number Kentucky was dangerously low on last year. Uh, I didn't like losing the turnover margin at minus one. Uh, The tackles for loss were way too many. Uh, Ten tackles for loss. I mean, Youngstown State is a FCS program. For me, the action across the line of scrimmage into the Kentucky backfield was far too frequent, meaning four quarterback sacks, ten tackles for loss, I mean that that's got to get cleaned up. But listen, it is what it is. Kentucky won 31 to nothing, off an of excellent defensive performance and special teams. Can't can't forget about that. Had the block punt. Uh, Andy, I thought it was just a it was a solid win. Uh, it was a noon kickoff. All the all the surroundings were uh, were about the the stoop celebration. A noon kickoff after you beat Florida. It was hot. You kind of saw this coming really, but. There was only one side of the football, in my opinion, that disappointed, and he still scored 31 points. But uh, I'm not seeing much efficiency out of that offense through the first three games.
2: Well, I think yesterday was, um, first of all, my hat's off to the fans. I arrived about 10 o'clock, right right as the start of the catwalk, and it felt like an afternoon game, a late afternoon game. The crowd was there early. The crowd packed the stadium. You know, and that's what – to me, that's the stuff that always worried me in recruiting in the past few years is they bring these big-time kids in and we'd have, you know, half the stadium empty just because it was a noon game. So my hat's off to the fans, I think, finally. (laughs) The fans are buying into Stoops and what a good job he's doing. But as far as the offense goes, um, you know, I had a chance to listen to uh, the O.C.'s press conference this week, and that guy – I can't not wait to see him unleash this offense, because I still, I don't think he's shown us a whole lot. I mean, he's been been very vanilla. Um, The offensive line, you know, I'm not going to blame it on, it's an FCS school, and they're not fired up or whatever. They've got a mesh. Um, I think Rodriguez will help us when he gets back in the running game, because he's a lot of yak, you know, as you all know. Uh I mean, he's, I don't know how much yards after contact we're getting from this current backfield. Right. Um, I haven't seen that number, but Rodriguez has always been he, – he'll bust through the line of scrimmage and break tackles, so I think it'll look a little different. But I, I still – I think we've seen a third of the playbook, which excites me.
1: The, the, the thing that I would say, too, about the offensive line, I mean, can they just stay healthy? Look, guys, just uh, come on. Let's, let's wrap them in bubble tape. Yeah, they didn't have Tayshawn Manning uh, Saturday. Jeremy Flax missed a couple drives as well when he went down with an injury. So it feels like the entire season they've been dealing with one or guy out or the other, and so it's been it's been really a patchwork process, um, you know. So, but you mentioned Rich Gengarelo, he he had kind of tiptoed into this, but after the game, he delivered his message to the offense, and it was this is unacceptable. Yeah. We're better than this. You know me as the optimistic guy. Like I'm, I'm not going to be mad after a shutout win where you throw put up 31 points and 480 yards. But I mean, they left they left points on the scoreboard, right? You got another red zone turnover from Will Levis. Uh, you you put the ball on the ground four times. You're fortunate to only lose it once. Um, and then they also, I mean, they had to settle for a field goal late when you got the ball down on the five yard line. Like you should just be able to lean on it and put push in the end zone. So. Uh, Rich said he was disappointed and if things don't improve, it's going to be bad. And that that was definitely a pointed message to his players. Like, all right, we messed around long enough. We got to get it together. We got to play clean football. We can't have pre-snap penalties. Uh, he, he mentioned a couple runs in particular where they, it was set up perfectly for big plays, but then they get a false start. So the play never even materializes. Um, so th- th- there's a lot of just kind of starting and stopping, but Freddie, Despite all of that, they actually did a real. I thought I thought Kentucky did a good job of keeping the pocket clean for Will Levis. I know he took four sacks, and it doesn't say that in the box score, but those four sacks he took, two of them he had all the time in the world, and I, I just, like one. I don't know what he was thinking, where he just decided he was going to start running and like yeah. like it's like just throw the ball, like it's out there. But he was he made some amazing throws, twenty seven to thirty five, three hundred seventy seven yards, two touchdowns, two picks. You know, they said they'll live with the picks. They want him to play aggressively, um, and that's kind of. And I, I'm I'm with him. Like that's the price you pay. Um, but man, it, when he's on and he's got time, he's fine. That naked boot, they've got to figure that out, though. That, yeah, that, that's that's yeah. like part of the the stuff where it's like, all right, let, let's get the running game going. You, you've gotten much better at maintaining a pocket in time for Will Levis. A naked boot, though, that's a play that can be awesome, but they just can't can't get it figured out.
0: No, Youngstown wasn't biting on the bootleg action, and uh, just wasn't working. And football happens. I mean, you have to credit Youngstown for being sound defensively and maintaining the the edge there, not uh, over pursuing the quarterback. I like Levis's performance. Seventy-seven percent completion rate. He needed that. He needed that high completion rate gain. He got that. The first At one point, game,
1: Freddie, late in the fourth quarter, he had six incompletions and two of them. Two of them were caught by the other team. I mean, only four times it hit the ground. That little throw he had where he was – he got like happy feet and was falling backwards and just – I mean,
2: it was a rocket.
1: It reminded me of Freddie Maggard back in the day,
2: Andy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. Uh, You know what?
2: I I was impressed. You know, my seats are um, at the Nutter Fieldhouse end of the stadium. Um, And some of those balls that he threw were right in our face. And, man, his – his accuracy um, has improved, but his velocity is the same. And that, the other thing, I don't recall any drops. Did you all see any drops, or were there any drops? Uh, I,
0: I didn't see a drop. Uh, and, and there was eleven kids caught balls. The two interceptions. I, I'm gonna get into that a little bit. The first and fullback. Yeah, the first interception <laughs> I think yeah. was a freshman receiver uh, coming off that dig route. Got to got to get that defender on his hip a little bit. That that was. On both Levis and, and the pass catcher. The second interception was all on Will Levis. Uh, and that was all feet, footwork. He, he rushed, he, he jumped into the throw instead of setting his feet. The ball sailed on him and, and got picked off. Now, listen, this year, as of right now, Kentucky is a top 10 team. The way I evaluate this team and discuss it on this podcast as if I'm looking at a top – we're talking about a top ten team in America. So, yeah, I, I'm a little bit tougher on my grades on this team because I expect a lot more, and I expect a lot more out of this offense. Now, now I'm not. this is no excuse, and Andy, you touched on it, and Nick, you did too. There are so many offensive line combinations that are being run – being rolled out there, a new guard here, a new tackle there, a new center. I still think communication – is causing a lot of these problems for the offensive line. Youngstown did a lot what Miami Ohio did, but more often. Uh, show blitz dropped, twist stunts, all kinds of run blitz, pass blitz, just trying to create havoc at the line of scrimmage. And that's how I would go after this Kentucky team until that offensive line starts communicating at, at a higher level. But Nick, you made a good point. The pocket, in my opinion, the four sacks, somewhat dis- uh, misleading because the pocket was there. I think that's mm-hmm. clean up again. This is the first round quarterback, so I'm gonna grade him a little tougher. He's got to be better in the pocket. He has to have better awareness and move in the pocket instead of running towards the rush. But his off platform throws against Youngstown State, I think, it will be. We'll see those on draft night. You know, yeah, yeah. We're we'll gonna see some of those, and he is so good at that. But the passing game. I think Kentucky got a little frustrated, got a little flustered with all the tackles for loss. Now, now th- those 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 tick me off.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially in the run game because, yeah. like,
0: way, Chris, way too many.
1: I mean, Chris Rodriguez went the entire twenty twenty season without taking a tackle for a loss. You right. know, so yeah. like it's 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 a little different than what we're used to. One throw, I think Will would have wanted it back. Andy, he was rolling right, and he had Jordan Anthony deep, and he was getting a little pressure. But I think if he if he would have had it in his looking back on film, I bet he wishes he planted his foot, stepped, and because he could have thrown that ball sixty five yards and not overthrown Jordan Anthony. He had his guy beat. Anthony didn't come back to the ball hard enough, and he so he didn't draw the pi. But that was one where it's like, man, I wish Levis would have just thrown it as far as he could have thrown it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a lot of just seeing the the ball game and the how we're spreading the field a little bit. I mean. It. nope, oh, yeah. Fred oh. no, right in the field, there was a little,
0: there you I mean, that, Andy.
2: yeah. I mean, how soon we forget we didn't have a passing game,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I and,
1: and how great, too, Freddie,
2: is like
1: I saw Ryan Lemon after the game, and I said, you know, how about Dane? He's like, it's, it's old news now, it's an old hat, you know, and yeah, but. That kid is a ball player.
0: Yeah, he's eighth in the SEC in in in, rece- in receiving, and that's that's tremendous for a true freshman. Will have his third in the conference. Uh, I'm going to talk about this defense for a little bit. You know, listen, offense sells this podcast. I know that, uh, but defense is is where it's at, right? And this defense is the strength of this team, along with quarterback and those pass catchers are pretty dynamic. But zero for ten on third down. That is, that is excellent. And this defense, is, I think, is predicated on those two inside linebackers. Jaquez Jones, DeAndre uh, Square are so good. Right. And they're at the right place, right time, doing the right thing. And they're, and they're fun and a joy to watch. And they were just smashing in the pocket. And the, and the defensive front did their job. So complimentary football all across the board from Brad White's defense.
1: Four three and outs to start the game. I mean, it was almost halftime by the time that Youngstown got a first down. Yeah,
2: Andy. Well, <laughs> the de- and, and uh, the defensive backfield, man. I mean, I if that's a question mark, like they say going into the season, it's as good a defense backfield as we've had. I mean, I mean, they they didn't test us a whole lot throwing the football, but when when they did, and and just what's awesome to see too is just our team speed is insane um just our closing on the ball you know if if they do get a ball out to somebody just i mean we've got four five six guys on the ball every tackle it seems like and it's and i tell you i watched um i watched the sec show this morning and there's georgia alabama and everybody else i mean we're as good i i I wouldn't want to be an auburn fan right now you know (laughs) i mean there there some there's some there's some huge opportunity for us and Ole Miss looks good, but yeah. you know, they're running the football. Good luck running the football on us. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's exciting to see. And, and we are just playing so confident and smooth. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited. The defense is just setting the pace too. They are, they are awesome. Awesome to watch.
1: Yeah. I think the Ole Miss's most difficult game is next week against it's either Tulane or Tulsa. I got those teams mixed up with one another. But Georgia Tech's it, bad. They they played a bunch of bad teams.
2: Well, Arkansas, I mean, yeah. I, people I can't wait.
1: People love Arkansas and Bobby almost handed them an L. They needed a punt return touchdown. They needed like twenty one unanswered in the fourth quarter to get that. Oh, win. tell
2: me, tell me, you took the twenty five points, Nick? Did you? Oh take man, I, I, wish, <laughs> that
1: was- I wish. I wish. The one that was it, it was, but it wasn't shocking that result. Florida, Kentucky broke them, Freddie, the second straight year. Or maybe Florida's just bad, and they're lucky to be two and one. I mean, they needed some some things to go their way late against Utah and USF at home to win.
0: Yeah, yeah, that you know. Again, in the era of the transfer portal, we don't know how good these teams are or aren't at the first of the season. We don't. It's just impossible. You add on the coaching change that Florida's got some work to do. Uh, Yeah. I'm, you know what, though?
1: I am ready to say that I think I think it's a Heisman year for Spencer Rattler. It wasn't no, last year, but I'll, I think it
0: – Yeah, it that was, was my next point. The South Carolina, you know, they're going to have to have a big comeback because they may be out of the, uh, out of the playoff race. And <laughs> that's still <laughs> a hold handle hand on Columbia. After- uh, <laughs> guys, let's talk – about- Hey, they'll still be preseason ranked 12th next year. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's I mean, talk it's about crazy. the defense after three games, because I think, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, along with Will Evans, the highlight. I'm going to give you some numbers here, guys, that jumped out of me this morning. Kentucky is allowing 9.7 points per game. 102 rush yards, 152 pass, um, 253 total. That's third in the SEC. Number one in the SEC and fourth in the nation. 17.5% 17 and a half percent on third down for the season in three games. <laughs> will allow our opponents to convert 17 That's and a half percent of all third downs. That's comedy. It's happening. Really like like I mean, <laughs> that uh, you know what? Um, How did we get to this point? I mean, what is Kentucky doing so good defensively that their opponents are just converting 17 and a half percent on third down? Well, uh, it's our, our line of scrimmage. I mean.
2: You know, J.J. Weaver goes down yesterday. We don't miss a beat. And I I forget how what point in the game he actually went out. But
1: it was I mean, we're, too,
2: we're, we're too deep, and we're rotating guys, and everybody's fresh. I mean, if you're going three and out, you know, and, and your longest drives are six, seven plays, I mean, your defense is golden all four quarters. And that's, to me, that's going to be the thing that pays the biggest dividend for us as the year builds on. Um, it's having that defense fresh, you know, and not having a lot of, uh, I don't know how many plays they get a game. We used to track that when we were players. But, I mean, you start thinking about saving plays over the course of the year, and then you get into these big games late in the year, and you're, you have a lot of legs. You, you have a lot of guys that are playing and not hurt. Um, nickel and dime, little injuries probably don't come into play as much. But it's our line of scrimmage, no doubt about it. The line of scrimmage and the linebackers are, uh, we're deep, we're deep, all the way across, and yeah. it's just um, that's the biggest difference. I mean, we've always had decent defense, but we've never been this deep, <clears throat> and um, you just they we just don't drop off. You, you can't even tell when the second unit's in, yeah, um, or the second rotation. You can't even tell when they're in the ball game. It, it there is no drop off,
0: well, and that's and SEC. That- The third down
1: down in particular too, Freddie, Kentucky isn't getting a lot of sacks, but the run defense is so good that they're not teams are they're afraid to run it. Like if you've got third and four or five, that's too much. Right. Like they might try on third and two or something like that. Yeah, they're not going to do it on third and medium. So they've been trying to go after guys like Carrington Valentine and Carrington Valentine's just like laughing at him. Like, okay, keep trying to throw at me.
0: I think also Kentucky defensively is very efficient on first down, first and second down because they're tackling so well. This team is is, is a very strong tackling uh, team defensively. And what that does, it sets up third and awkward downs. I think Kentucky's putting opposing offenses in a lot of awkward third down situations, only giving up, Nick, 3.6 yards per carry. Uh, so – that scenario you just talked to—if it's third and four or five—I mean, Kentucky's doing work on first down, making third downs more difficult, puts offenses in an awkward position of: do we throw the ball? Do we run the ball? But if you're only allowing 3.6 yards per carry, Kentucky shutting that down. Nick, I got a question for you uh, from your, your viewpoint on Saturday. The Kentucky defense we've talked about and we love. <clears throat> Played with juice Saturday, in my opinion, right? I mean, you, you could feel that. For me, yeah. through the television, you could feel the passion, the juice. You could tell that Kentucky had an edge on defense. Offense, this is the second home game I've seen that Kentucky just did not have that edge on offense. I mean, it just didn't have the pop, didn't have the uh, uh, urgency. I mean, just didn't look like that to me. Are you seeing a trend here, or do you think that Saturday against Youngstown was more of a circumstantial uh, occurrence, given the the, uh, the offensive line situation as far as new players rotating in and out, come out the Florida win? What, why are we seeing such a difference in the offense and defense as far as juice?
1: It's up front. It, it, it's up front um, because you're dealing. I mean. There's just drive stalling negative plays and it's because of a lack of communication up front. Right. Um, we, we heard a lot of good things about Eli Cox in the preseason. Well, we need to start seeing them yeah. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, cause I, I, a lot of the responsibility falls on the center shoulders for making sure that everybody's in order. And when they had those drives stalled out, I mean, Kentucky that first play of the game, Freddie, I mean, it was easy. They made it yeah. look easy. Um, And then after that, it just – things sort of stalled out because they didn't have their stuff together. Um, And they really need to get it together, clean it up, secure up that offense. And I think they could definitely get some help from our friends at KLW Handmade Belts. I mean –
0: Tighten it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, they really need to tighten things up, uh, secure things up with KLW Handmade Belts. It's another great Kentucky Proud product. Just handmade right here. Handmade leather. Freddie, I never noticed a difference in handmade leather versus the cheap stuff until yeah. I got my hands on a KLW belt. And now the cats are 3-0 for the first time, or four, excuse me, fourth time in the Mark Stoops era because I'm rocking uh, my, my custom-made brass-plated KLW belt. Visit yeah. them at klwbelts.com. Man, I sound like such a hick when I say KLW belts, 859 <laughs> 509 7816 is the number no synthetics padding or backing just solid leather check them out give them a call 859-509-7816 or head to klwbelts.com
0: yeah absolutely let's 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 dive into some offensive numbers because you know I'm 3 for 3 three wins in a row wearing my klw belt so uh i I'm, I'm going to wear it to time. sleep now because it's my lucky belt Let's look at this offense a little bit. 10th in the SEC in scoring at 31 points a game. Uh, th- I think this is where, you know, Mark Stoops has frustration because of the tackles for loss, in my opinion. Sacks are going to happen. We talked about Levis getting more pocket aware- awareness of the pocket. But running the football, Kentucky is 13th in the SEC at 74.3 yards per game. What's well, even more disturbing, 2.2 yards per carry. Again, we've all said it, everybody said, Chris Rodriguez will fix some of these woes. I get that. But I also have to go back to how some folks thought that with the depth in the running back room, which we don't have now, not having Rodriguez wouldn't be a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, It's a big deal mentally. It's a big deal on the play call sheet, and we'll see that improve. Passing, Kentucky's fourth in the league. So it's a little bit different look for this Kentucky team uh, 294 yards a game. Nick, what I like: 9.7, almost 10 yards per pass attempt. Big difference when you're looking at numbers at pass attempt and pass oh. uh, uh,
1: per completion. Yeah, uh, yards.
0: Per, right? if, so. Yards per attempt is what I look at. Anything over eight, Andy is good. Kentucky's sitting at nine, nine, and nine, uh, nine point seven, almost 10 yards per 368 y- total yards a game. That's 11th in the league. Five point seven yards per play. Uh, the, third down. The, I got one more, Nick. Two more. Okay, and then you all can chop this up
1: because I, I if, think you're about to share the one that I'm. Yeah. Gusted by.
0: We talked. I, I, we, I talked earlier. The tackles for loss is, in my opinion, the most disturbing. Kentucky's already given up 19 in three games. Two more numbers that I think scream inefficiency when I'm when I'm evaluating. Third down percent, completion percentage, 38%. Kentucky was hovering right around 50 last year, 50% on third down. Again, you have Rodriguez. He moves the chains. But 38%, that's not very good. And that has to get cleaned up. And then red zone touchdowns. Kentucky's here, here we go. Hold up, hold up, Freddie. I'm, 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 let me cut you off because
1: I want to ask Andy. 16 times Kentucky's been in the red zone. How many times have that have they turned into touchdowns, Andy?
2: Um, less than half. Close. Eight. Eight, Eight. out of 16. And Freddie, what yeah, you that's need gonna, his- That's going to pay. That's going to haunt us. Yeah. That will haunt us. And
1: we yeah. need somebody like Andy Murray back there just getting his yeah. nose dirty and freaking
2: steamrolling. Punching well, I think I, I think you can... You know, Freddie touched on it. I, I lost you guys for five minutes there before you know, we're talking, but you mentioned... You know, having Cox at center, he's a new center. Yeah. Any de- any defensive coordinator in his right mind playing against us right now is going to run stunt, 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 stunt yeah. up front against our young line. I mean, that, because they know their communication is bad. I mean, look at who the we replaced. I mean, oh yeah. I, I mean, we've Free had two all. of the best best. Well, we've had the two two of the best centers in school history. Yeah, the last two centers we've had. Um, you know, defenses, they frustrated defenses because they couldn't stun on us, you know, sure. because of our centers and their communication was so good. I mean, this kid is a great player, but, you know, that's like anything else. Experience, you know, you you can't throw a kid into a, a Division one football game and expect him to be perfect in game three when he is trying to line the whole offensive line out. So that, that's going to get better. You know, and like I said last week, I mean, we've recruited well up front. Um, Ever since Stoops has been here, he's never really put an offensive line on the field that we were disappointed in. You know, that wasn't tough, that wasn't physical. Um, This, this is—we're just dealing with some youth right now. You know, they're, they're, um, and and the communication is what it's what it is. Any any DC that's worth his salt is going to come after this offensive line. If he's not, he should he should not be a Division One defensive coordinator. Ain't I mean, really look yeah. at Brad White, what yeah. he does to people. I mean, he, he yeah. frustrates people to no oh, end and he finds their weaknesses and it's coaching one-on-one. I mean, people are going to go after our weakness right now.
0: Our weakness is our offensive line. It will get better because we've recruited to it. I mean, it's yeah. yeah Cause Snoop said it, it's going to get better. He said, don't panic. He said, we've had this before. And I believe it. I mean, listen, I trust the dude. He's one more than anybody. So when he says it, I believe it, but still, um, you know, it's our. We have to evaluate this stuff, Andy. And I, uh, I agree. What I, what I saw Youngstown do was, was smart. If you noticed, a lot of times Youngstown played an even front and had that linebacker, Mike linebacker, walked up, standing up over top of the center. So, you know, what are we going to do here? Is, is the linebacker coming? Is the linebacker going to drop? Then, if he drops, then you're going to have a, a, a twist up front. I mean, there was a lot of movement. Uh, that Kentucky didn't – that picked up some, but but not a lot. Uh, but, but Nick, I think Youngstown played Kentucky perfectly defensively and, and got some frustration, especially uh, with the tackles for loss.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the big bugaboo. But you know what? It's I do like when you have these games where there's plenty of teach tape out and a big win. And yeah. Kentucky, if you were a better, you probably got them at 30-and-a-half, so the cat's even covered. First shutout uh, since 2009, thanks to some heroics from Carrington Valentine in the end zone. Like To do it against Bryce Oliver. The, the the fourth down one that, that wasn't an interception might have even been a more impressive play because that worked like a touchdown and he just ripped it out at the last minute. Uh, he was outstanding. It was outstanding, as Andy said, to see all the fans there. Uh, pre-game, we had Heroes Day with the flag, the, awesome. the helicopter flyover. That was great. And then the ceremony with the Stoops is in all his family. Just uh, really cool to see him all together for him to have that moment with his family. I know it meant a lot to him. Um, and I know it could mean a million dollars for one of you listeners out there right now, right? You could be on the field before the South Carolina game or during, I think it's at halftime. I'm not quite sure. Thanks to our friends at Eckridge. They're proud to present the $1 million challenge for teachers. They're partnering with the extra yards for teachers in Kroger to invite a local teacher from uh, for the South Carolina game October 8th. They're going to be randomly selected. Submit your teacher's name at Eckridge.com. You'll find the link under the football tab. All you got to do is this teacher is going to have to hit a target to win up to a million dollars in donations for their classroom. So get your teacher signed up now at Eckridge.com for an awesome ceremony for that Kentucky-South Carolina game where I'm sure the Cats will be 21-point underdogs because South Carolina is the greatest yeah. team to ever score only one touchdown against Georgia. <laughs> All
0: right, I'm going to talk about two more numbers here defensively that makes the third down uh, conversion ratio m- that much more impressive. Uh, Nick, Andy, Kentucky is seventh in the SEC with only qu- a six quarterback sack. Kentucky's 10th in the league with just 12 tackles for loss, yet. Third in the conference in total defense at two hundred fifty-three yards a game. So, <laughs> I mean that that's just amazing. That, that is that you know how we I, we said earlier how the offense, the numbers we provided screams inefficiency. Those two numbers, given the overall results about this defense, screams efficiency. Right? This is this is just a defense that's getting after it, Nick Roush and and I. Uh, Again, this is – you know, I've, I've said it since day one. I've been on the Brad White fan club since day one, and, man, he is he is just getting it done, man. Yeah, and
1: and it's classic stoops because you don't have to have a lot of havoc to be successful. Right, right. Like, Andy, they're just keeping everything in front of them and then get allowing, like, no yards
2: after the play. It's, it's impressive. Well, and the other thing, too, is our size up front. Jeez, oh, Pete. I mean – Yeah. It, that's got to be given the quarterbacks a fit, you know. Even at pre-snap, I mean, we are just massive across the front. I mean, it when they look huge from the thirtieth row, I mean, that's saying something. And the other thing, Brad, if you listen to, I love listening to Brad White's players talk because they are all students of the game. He he makes he makes them so uh, that he knows they know their opponent. I mean, and that's just film study. And that's respect for him because those kids are responding to what he's teaching yeah. and he's got them believing because they're all, you know, putting in the extra time. And that's at the end of the day, I mean, you got to have the players, but you got to have everybody on the same page and you got to have that belief. And these guys, man, you talk about a, a, a an organization that's all going in the same direction. That defense yeah. one and two deep is all on the same page. And that, that's huge. I mean, that's, you, you always hear about teams that are struggling and they have issues in the locker rooms, meeting rooms, players don't like each other, blah, you know, all these different things that go on. This guy is going to be an awesome head coach yeah. because his players are buying into everything he's doing. And, and the guy's great. I mean, he's – his demeanor, but his players, if you listen to him in interviews, I mean, they, they know exactly what their opponent's doing and, or what they did. And, they, and it's because of him and getting them to believe in what he's doing. Um, and th- and their pregame preparation is just off the charts. It's great, and you'll see yeah. you'll see that from the, the offense. Like I said, that offense is just trying to gel. They're young. That defense has played together for a while, especially up front, and and they're all believers. <laughs> and yeah, Nick, white.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this in 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 context and add a little perspective to the Kentucky defense in 2022. Corey Price, who does just a, such a great job. Andy, this will. This will uh, speak to you as well. Kentucky football has held each of their first three opponents of the season to under 300 yards of total offense for the first time since Andy Murray's senior year at Kentucky in 1989. And, Andy, you and I went went up against that defense when it was healthy, and there were some dudes over there. So yeah. that just goes to show you how history- well there Well, was, there, was,
2: uh, there was NFL talent, and yeah. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure every kid on our first 11 doesn't get a shot in the nfl right you know really in our first 22 it's we have nfl talent again and we we talked about that back in the early days of this podcast when stoops first got here you know back in the um, when they started getting some decent recruits and, and we always talked about that as we just didn't have nfl players for too long of a period right and now I mean, this defense is loaded with NFL players Yeah. and the is. offense, you know, we've got some NFL receivers, yeah. but they're young, but that defense is loaded with NFL talent.
0: Yeah. You know, I tweeted on Saturday, enjoy Deion Walker for the next three years because he's yeah. over there. Nick Ross, yeah. Andy brought up something that, that I'm going to get to you. Then we're going to, we're going to fly back up to 35,000 feet and look at this team as a whole. Nick, uh, I've been doing this a long time. Andy and I, you know, played together in the '80s. Uh, I've never seen a position room flip 180 like the Kentucky. Yeah. I, I mean, I've not. I've not seen that much improvement in one position group so quickly as a couple years ago. I mean, it was it was as bad as you could think, right? I mean, no separation, no no burst, mm-hmm. very little threat of a pass, and now. Your three starters are pros, and two of them are true freshmen. And behind those three starters are some dudes that can fly. I know, by the way, we forget about DeMarcus Harris, who nearly scored a touchdown. Nick, talk about that wide receiver room and how it's changed so quickly for Kentucky.
1: It's weird. It's almost like recruiting matters. Um, Yeah, recruiting, it's a big deal. Kentucky put an emphasis on speed. Um, They were fortunate enough to have a guy like Dane Key grow up you know, right down the road with a dad who went to UK. So that certainly helps too, but also transfer portal success, right? I remember when the transfer portal rule came into place and you, there's a lot of Kentucky fans who just have, live in constant paranoia. Whoa, they're going to take all of our good players. It's like, no, 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 no. Kentucky's going to take other teams, good players, because Marsh Stoops has created a, a, a good culture that makes players want to play in it. And when Wendell Robinson came back home, he showed the blueprint for others. And um, Tavion Robinson has been not, I mean, he's not Wandell, but he's been outstanding. And so now you see when there's a proof of concept that applies not only on the high school recruiting trail, but also in the transfer portal trail. And it's, it's worked out like gangbusters. And you're going to see that this offseason, too, when Kentucky looking for a quarterback. It's going to be really easy to find one in the transfer portal because there's so many talented wide receivers that he's going to have at his disposal next year.
0: Uh,
2: before well, we- I think you. I think you got to give it up to the coaching too. I mean, these kids are running great routes. They're catching the ball away from their body. They're snatching it out of the air, um, and that's something that we haven't seen. I mean, we've we've seen receivers that let the ball get to their bodies and bounces off their shoulder pads and whatnot. And these kids just they they run great routes and they catch it clean. And I think the big word would be confidence. I think the confidence is. Mm-hmm. Um just watching that key run around on the field, I mean, the kid plays with confidence, and he's a freshman. I mean, that's just crazy to me. But that he will bring guys with him, and he's just one example. But I think I think there's just an air of confidence in that room, and I think confidence comes from knowledge. So yeah. you know, the coaching
0: has to be pretty good um, in that room. <clears throat> All right, let's let's just put the Youngstown State victory to bed here. A couple sentences, starting with you, Nick. Uh, give me your two sentence take on the Cats 31 and nothing
1: win love a good shutout shout out to the defense uh, they're carrying this team while the offense clears itself out there's a lot to like about the offense next week is the the final tune up to to get things firing on all cylinders against northern illinois uh you're, you you've got things going in the right direction now put it all together against northern
0: illinois andy All right, well, Andy, will Okay. Andy, a couple sentences on the final, your th- final thoughts on Youngstown. Um, good, you know, good, clean
2: football. I watched the game with uh, the high school coach that coached here at Simon Kent and Jeff Marksberry, and we just talked the whole time during the game about what a joy it is to watch good, clean, solid football. Good tackling, blocking, scheme, everything. Things will come together as the year goes on. Like I said, we've recruited well the players develop, and this team will look totally different in the second half of this season. I'm
0: going to go with not panicked, frustrating yet productive offense led by absolute dude at quarterback and exciting pass catchers. Dominant defense, extremely well coached, efficient. Third phase, got it done, block punt, solid. That's my uh, that's my uh, take on final take on Youngstown. Now let's get to thirty five thousand feet. Let's look at this Wildcat team as a whole with a body of work of three games. Uh, don't want to look too much too far ahead. Uh, Northern Illinois or, or not? Who is it? North? Who's our opponent? North? Northern, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Okay, lost to Vanderbilt by ten. So let, let let's just look at this team and. and Tell me what your take is on the 2022 Wildcats after three games. Nick Roush.
1: Uh They are kind of who we thought they were. Really need the running game to get going, though. I mean, that's still just the too inefficient in the run game. Once that happens, Will Levis has – I think he, he's – I'm not going to say he's taking the step, but he's moving everything we wanted to see from him in the offseason. He's going in that right direction thanks to some talented wide receivers. So I like where Kentucky's at right now. But Northern Illinois, I mean, they gave up like 40 points of Andy. UK should be able to drop a 60-burger next week. Like, I, I, want, I want to see that. I want to see the running game uh, pop a few big runs. And, and j- just to give you a little confidence going into that
2: Ole Miss game. Andy. Um, I, I, I'm just going to go back to the talent and the depth and the development man this team is just going to continue to get better i think it's hilarious that we're sitting here talking about a 3-0 and team it's not played well <laughs> yes. uh, it's 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 awesome to think that we're the things that we are critiquing that if we could all just blink and go back a few years five years six years and talk think about some of the frustrations i mean this team just needs to gel we have all the pieces in place they just need to come together a little bit more um, obviously defense you know keeping them off the field uh, which is going to benefit us long-term. Um, they're getting less snaps, which is great. Uh, we've had teams that had – the defense had all the snaps. So, it, that doesn't work out well. So, I just think everybody be patient and, and watch this thing gel. It's going to be fun. Am
0: I fair, guys, to, to grade Kentucky on a higher curve because they're top ten? We're near ten of Mark scoops and, and we expect this team to be good, right? Am I fair to do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You certainly are. Um, I mean, I mean it's no fun to think everything's all candy and roses after you shut out an FCS team.
0: Like yeah. you, you should, you should always want more. I'm going to end this podcast on on my take here guys. I think, uh, I think Kentucky, uh, defensively can win football games for you. I think Will Levis has proven that he can take over a football game a football game and win that for you. Um, uh, not panicked about this offensive line. I think it'll work itself out. I trust Stoops when he says it's going to because he's earned my trust more uh, many times. So uh, I think uh, you know we're, we're grading this team at a higher level because we expect more out of this team because the, there's so much talent there and so much potential. Uh, but this is you know Andy said it best. We're Kentucky's three and O and not played real well on offense for the majority of those three games. But that defense, that defense can win you games, and that is a testament to recruiting and development and coaching by Brad White and his staff. But anyway, thank you all for listening to the Depth Chart podcast and watching now, Andy. We got video, and enormous craniums are all over the. Deck. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I put that
2: tree in the background to kind of help me.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything bit. <laughs> to take away from my head, and it just looks large. Your little Jaguar logo looks like a, a, a pencil. Drew it in there it's so small. Yeah, and and Nick, what's going on with your hat, man? Is that an Eastern Michigan hat?
1: No, East Mississippi uh, Lions.
0: Oh. East okay. Mississippi
1: Community College. Home is yeah. Darius Smith. You like oh, that? Oh man.
0: I like that. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you like this podcast. Download it and follow us. We'll be back next Sunday after Kentucky uh plays Northern Illinois. So go cats, go Krogering.